Ladies and gentlemen, good morning and welcome to the presentation of our third quarter, where we continue to have the wind a bit in our faces, but then we've tried worse before. Regarding the presentation, it is now after two previous occasions, already a tradition that our CFO, Ben Gurren and I will do the presentation together. So after the disclaimer, we start with the good news, the fact that we in the third quarter continued, just like in the second quarter, to have a strong growth in revenue, but more importantly, in the order intake. We also concluded the Ludovici acquisition in the third quarter, and integration is progressing well. Whereas we continue to have execution challenges in the bulk division, which is neither new nor satisfying. Finally, our revenue guidance is maintained at 25 to 26 billion Danish kroner, and the EBITDA margin guidance has been clarified at 10% from previously minimum 10%, which is reflecting increased reservations in the bulk division. The financial developments in the third quarter showed just like all the previous quarters in the year, continuing growth both in the order intake and in the order backlog, both sequentially and from the year before. Also, the revenue grew both sequentially and up one-fourth from last year as in the previous quarter. The gross margin dropped one percentage point, and that is why the EBITDA of 628 million kroner is identical to the year before. The EBIT was down 6% due to purchase price allocations with the same consequences for the net result. Finally, the increase in number of employees with 27% is 12% from acquisitions and the rest from new operation and maintenance contracts. The segment developments show the continuing trend in the revenue that our customer services and non-ferrous activities are now taking an increasing portion of the group activities so that each of these two account for approximately one-third of group activities and the two remaining divisions, bulk materials and cement, only one-third together. And this trend is further strengthened in the order intake where the customer services and the non-ferrous account for 72% of the order intake. This is also reflected when we look at the distribution of the order intake by industry year-to-date. Because here, copper as one single mineral is now, for the first time ever, equaling all the activities in cement, including customer services and O&M, even this major last O&M cement contract of more than 1.1 billion kroner in Egypt. And it continues to be a very interesting market cover, where we also recently announced another major contract in South America. And generally, we must say that copper is holding up both in consumption, in prices, and in investments, in spite of the increased uncertainty 
in the markets. Our second most important mineral, gold, is holding up due to the increased uncertainty in the markets and now account for 14% of our water intake. The two weaker minerals at present are coal and iron ore, but in spite of softening markets here, they relatively increased one percentage points in our order and take due to the acquisition of Lutovici and taking market share. And with that, I'll turn the numbers to Ben Gurren. Thank you. I will continue to look a little bit at uh, the order intake, which for the Q3 in, uh, Q3 in 2012 increased by 11% compared to last year. And uh, looking at the development, for the first time, we, we split the announced orders in what we call operational and uh, maintenance orders, O&M, which are showed with yellow on the graphs, and uh, the an- announced uh, capital orders. Uh, those have shown a very stable pattern with around 2 billion of announced orders over the quarters. And uh, the unannounced part, we are happy to see that we have a new record again with a 5.9 billion in third quarter in unannounced orders. Looking at the order backlog, it is up 13% compared to last year and uh, reached a level of 31 billion Danish kroner. And uh, that is, of course, providing us with um, a certain uh, predictability for the turnover on the sales also for 2013. So, uh, quite strong order intake and no dramatic signs of a reduced order intake. The revenue increased by 23%, and I urge to say that uh, we should uh, not look at uh, sales and uh, income just by quarters by by themselves because they are fluctuating quite a lot over the quarters. So um, uh, I underline that uh, we have confirmed, as uh, mentioned by Jürgen Hunner Rasmussen, that we have confirmed our full year guidance on the sales, which is between 25 and 26 billion Danish kroner. We expect the fourth quarter of 2012 to show show the same pattern as we've seen from the previous years, that uh, it is uh, increasing quite a lot in the fourth quarter with the turnover. Looking at the EBIT side, uh, we see that the EBITA margin is showing a more flat development, and that is mostly pulled down by the execution challenges we are facing in bulk division. Combined with that, we are seeing somewhat higher uh, capital costs in terms of SG&A in uh, the quarter, very much linked to the acquisition activities ongoing in the third quarter. Uh, we see a solid increase in sales, but bulk especially is pulling down the, the profit for this quarter. Looking more into the, the cost level in uh, our business, we see that it increased with 34% compared to the Q3 in 2011. And in itself, that is uh, partly explained by the development in sales, which we remember were 23%. So that is the main explanation for the increase in uh, SGNA. In addition, we have acquired companies, and when we acquired the companies, it has been four companies closed during the third quarter. We also acquire an element of SGNA from those companies. That is uh, 100 million uh, in SGNA added in this quarter. In addition, we have had some currency effects uh, during the quarter. 
But I would like to emphasize that the high activity in acquisitions has been influencing the cost level in the Q3, uh, both in terms of uh, pre-acquisition costs, costs linked to the acquisitions in the transaction phase, and then later in the post-integration phase. All in all, we are counting for 100 million Danish kroner in Q3 in one-off costs. Those one-off costs, they are to the larger extent because of the acquisitions, maybe up to two-third or even three-quarter of the total 100 million. And again, those are more or less evenly split between the customer service division and the non-ferrous division. Going forward, we are focusing strongly on a cost efficiency program to make sure that we take out the benefits from the acquired companies and the economy of scale. So we are now focusing on freezing our capacity cost level going forward. We are slowing down the acquisition activities to take out the synergies and the benefits from the acquired companies. And we are looking at simplifying our legal structure, which is... Um, uh, possible as we have been acquiring a number of companies. Uh, the cash flow from our operations, seeing for Q3 2012, is close to zero. And um, it is because that we have uh, been developing our business with a business mix is changing and we have uh, got more networking capital tied up in our business with around 800 million in the quarter. So the cash flow from investments, they have been, we see that as a bar in the Q3 with a minus uh, 2.4 billion. And um, uh, these are closely linked to the four acquisitions that was made in the Q3. So the cash flow in the Q3 was absorbed because of the growth and because of the acquisition activities. We have to put a strong focus on networking capital and the development in networking capital because we have acquiring companies and we have to take the grip on the networking capital, but also because we are changing the business mix over a period where we used earlier, a couple of years back, we saw cement representing 30% of the sales in the group. In this quarter, Q3, we saw that it's representing only 14%. And that change in business mix is taking with it or bringing with it also a change in the mix of the networking capital where the traditional minerals businesses are tying up relatively more networking capital. We are at the level of 10.8% in networking capital in percentage of sales by the end of Q3 this year. We have um, established and we are working on a networking capital management program to make sure that we have a tight focus and we are controlling constantly the development in networking capital. And um, this is a part of what we will also include in uh, later when we will talk more about our return on capital employed, which we will do after the fourth quarter. Then looking at our capital structure, our net interest-bearing debt, our gearing, showing a level of 1.4 times EBTA by the end of Q3. Um, that is uh, an increase from the quarter before, closely linked to the development we have seen in uh, new acquisitions, which were the four acquisitions closed during the quarter. And you might remember that we were seeing the 
the acquisition, the, the cash flow from investments, 2.4, 2.5 billion on the previous slide. And, but here we see that the net interesting bearing debt is increasing, uh, with more than that. And the difference is that when we do the acquisition of companies, we are paying out of pocket the cash flow, which we saw on the previous slide. But here we also see the element which is taken over a debt in the acquired companies. So that's bringing the totality. Um, seeing this 1.4 times in gearing, that is uh, lower than what we have been long-term guiding on two times in the gearing, which is a self-defined level. And um, all in all, a very solid financial situation for the group. Thank you. The last memory of our past as a building materials conglomerate is the company Separate, which is now in a sales process. And we are very pleased that a number of potential acquirers have expressed a preliminary interest in Sembrit, both industrial and financial. This will eventually support our cash flow as we execute on our focusing strategy, where we in the third quarter closed our acquisition of Ludovici in Australia. And we're very pleased to report that the integration process is progressing well. Ludovici will thereby be included across the non-ferrous and customer services division. We will, over the coming years, be harvesting considerable sales synergies from additional FSMED equipment into coal plants, from a pull-through of FSMED um, in the Ludovici products, and from a pull-through of Ludovici by FSMED products into Australia. Also added sales in customer services, and we will now be offering their screens and their wear parts also into our systems and islands. Just as with DLMV in 2007, we very carefully developed an integration plan, and we are ahead of it. With cross-functional integration teams, with all the Ludovici employees outside Australia integrated into our existing offices, also their manufacturing activities integrated into our service centers, the supply chain where we are now obtaining economy of scale, and we have successfully rebranded and executed the IT migration. Now, Ludovici Technologies will be included in all our larger products, and we already had the first success with the recently announced copper concentrator in Kazakhstan. With the inclusion of Ludovici, we found the time right to rename the two divisions that cover different minerals, technologies, and products. The non-ferrous division is based on mineral processing technologies that have primarily been relevant for non-ferrous minerals. But with the inclusion of also mineral processing technologies from Ludovici, for coal and iron ore customers. This division will now also be offering solutions to these bulk materials, and therefore we found it logical to rename the non-ferrous division to the mineral processing division. Of course, simultaneously, we will also be renaming the bulk materials division to material handling, which will be offering material handling products and solutions to 
all minerals, also non-ferrous minerals like copper and gold. And these changes will be effective 1st December. The market trends continue to be mixed and only marginally changed from the previous quarter because we see a continuing good underlying demand and therefore also order intake. There are only minor changes in the product pipeline or the ongoing dialogue with our customers where a bit more uncertainty and hesitation is seen. And therefore we note that the major mining customers, they are announcing reduced CapEx programs for the coming year. In the short term, it seems primarily to be coal and iron ore that are the weaker commodities, whereas both copper and gold are holding up, as I already mentioned. The long-term prospects are, as usually, encouraging and unchanged. Specifically, in cement, the proposal activity remains high in many parts of the world, and we are even beginning to see the first signs of uh, recovery in the U.S. Turning to the individual division, first, customer services, which is an ongoing success, continuing with growth so that we year-to-date have progress on all counts except for EBIT due to the R&D write-down in the second quarter. We had a strong growth in the order intake, more than doubling from last year, and therefore also revenue up 40%. So this is well above our ambition to grow the service activities by 10 to 15% per year. The reduced margin is due to one-off costs from the many acquisitions that we executed in the third quarter. Bulk materials, or in the future material handling, is increasingly needed. And FSMED will long-term be the leading supplier fulfilling these needs. This is also reflected in growth in both order intake, order backlog, and revenue in the third quarter. Whereas our results short-term are subdued due to unsatisfying internal mistakes. We actually had a good order intake in the quarter, up one-fourth from the year before. And this is in spite of the weak short-term outlook for bulk materials as coal and iron ore, combined with the fact that we show a more prudent tender approach and we only accept new orders if both conditions and margins are satisfying. The result is slightly negative in the third quarter, but this is expected to improve in the fourth quarter. So all efforts are concentrated on a tight focus on the execution challenges in bulk materials. The reasons and the measures are exactly the same as in the previous quarter. We undoubtedly have the right diagnosis of the problems here, and we have given exactly the right medicine, as we know from our experiences in cement. But the problem is that it takes time to work because the strengthening of an organization 
as I already mentioned in the summer, takes several quarters for improvements to materialize. Non-ferrous is selling and executing material processing products and solutions with a high technological content and without any execution problems. And this is also reflected in the numbers, continuing growth both in order backlog and revenue. And just as in customer services to date, all progress on all counts, except again for EBIT due to the same R&D write down in the second quarter. We had a continued strong order intake and the revenue was again up 29% compared to last year. The markets are shifting a bit for non-ferrous and we see continuing strong activity in Africa, in Mexico, in Canada and in the former Soviet Union. Just as guided, the margin is slightly under pressure due to one-off costs, again related to the many acquisitions, and runoff of the good margin orders from pre-crisis. Finally, cement, which is demonstrating the advantage of having this in our portfolio in times where one of the mineral segments is slipping behind. And cement is on a moderate turnover, delivering extremely satisfying results in a seamless execution. But the order intake is weak. It is down 56% compared to the year before. And this is reflecting the fact that in cement, we are walking at the bottom. 2012 is the absolute trough of the cement markets and thereby also for our order intake. And we are already beginning to see signs of improving in many emerging markets, even signs in the U.S. that could pick up in 2013. India will probably not be until 2014, and Europe at best probably 15, but improvements are coming from New Year. It's important to be aware that when we talk about margins, it's practically reverse. This year, we are enjoying extremely good results because we are finalizing the remaining pre-crisis orders and the finalization is resulting in reversal of contingencies. Whereas in 2013, we will be executing on the backlog that we obtained in the worst markets, which were in 2011 and 2012, where we were walking at the bottom. The markets, many markets, will improve in 2013, but you must remember that according to our business model, this will not hit our P&L until one or one and a half year later, so they'll be improving the P&L in 2014. The future outlook is mid to long-term unchanged, and therefore so are our long-term financial targets. And as promised, we will, in addition, be adopting new financial targets
targets for the return on our capital employed in the annual report for this year to ensure that we maintain pressure on our capital efficiency after a period of considerable growth and many acquisitions. Short term, our group guidance for the full year 2012 is clarified regarding the results with EBITDA ratio from minimum 10% to 10% and thereby the EBIT ratio from 8 to 9% to 8%. So in conclusion, in the third quarter, we continue to have a strong order intake, especially in customer services, which is our strategic priority. We also continue to have execution problems in our bulk division. And then we support our customers with a more transparent logic in the naming of our non-ferrous and materials division as from December. And finally, our full-year group guidance is clarified so that the turnover is clarified at the upper end of the original range and the everyday ratio at the original lower point. And with that, we are both happy to take any questions that you may have. Please. Hi, Natalia Maiva from City. I have two questions. First of all, on the 100 million of one-offs, um, majority of it is due to acquisitions. Perhaps if you can give us a bit more color, should we expect those to repeat in the fourth quarter, as those usually take some time to work through? That's the first question. And the second question with regards to recovery in the U.S., if you can give us a bit more color, are you seeing that on the back of U.S. EPA re- regulation? Is there just a bit more color? What do you see in there? Yes. The answer to the first question is simple. It's no. They are exactly as the word says, one-offs. So they are uh, over and done with in the third quarter and not to be seen in the fourth quarter, especially because uh, we, as already announced in the second quarter, now will put further acquisitions on hold while we are integrating in the coming quarters the many acquisitions that we have done. To the second question regarding the uh, the U.S. Uh, uh, cement market, yes, we see uh, different signs of recovery, and one being um, connected to the NESHAP regulations where the authorities are increasing the demands uh, in relation to emissions. And we saw a positive uh, sign of that when we earlier this year signed our first contract for a new cement plant in the U.S. since the beginning of the crisis where an experienced customer closes down uh, outdated uh, capacity and builds new that will fulfill all the uh, NESAP regulations. And we see this as uh, coming more, especially after the election, where we believe some of our customers have been waiting, maybe hoping that uh, a new political situation uh, could uh, lead to reduced NESAP uh, demands uh, in emissions and um, it's more likely that a compromise will be found and that uh, all customers will now have to fulfill these regulations. We see that as a, as a driver. There's still like uh, 15, maybe 20% uh, unutilized capacity in the U.S. cement industry, but um, with a push uh, like this, uh, you can take out some outdated capacity, and that's what uh, something that could suddenly accelerate uh, the, the market again. 
And then there are other aspects. We see a, a general uh, positive uh, underlying development in the U.S., and this will influence the cement consumption as well. Hope that answers. Yes, um, Patrick Silver from uh, Nordea Markets. Uh, a couple of questions. I will start out with um, with the networking capital. You have a quite a significant build up here in the third quarter. Um, I'm just wondering how much is, uh, is is due to acquisition, how much is uh, due to your, you can say, daily operation, and and what should we expect the development going forward in the next couple of quarters? Should it come back again, or is this a new level? That that is the first question. Right. Should I take that one? Yes. Um, when it comes to the increase in the networking capital during the three quarters of 2012, the, of the increase, 525 million is due to acquisitions. Uh, the second part of your question was, um, will it continue within development, with an increase as a percentage of sales, as I understand it? And um, as we continue to succeed in developing the business mix in our company, it is expected that it will continue to climb, and I would say somewhat. We will uh, uh, follow this very closely, and uh, we would not like to, to state a specific level that it will leveling out of. But uh, we can expect over the, the period that it will con- increase, but with a slower pace than it has done over the last two years. And we will reach a level which is a normalized level with a new business mix, which we will uh, obtain over a number of years. Okay. Um, and then my second question is relating to your order intake, the, the strong order intake we saw in the quarter. Um, could, could you please specify the amount, uh, how much is contributed from uh, Ludovici? Yes, uh, that is a limited amount um, because um, it is uh, primarily the um, the basic uh, underlying business in customer services and uh, in the uh, traditional uh, non-ferrous. Those are the copper uh, activities primarily and to some extent gold. So those are the uh, the key drivers. Uh, Ludovici, as I said, is uh, uh, progressing well in the integration, but um, uh, they are uh, to some extent uh, oriented towards coal and iron ore, which are exactly the two minerals that are short-term subdued. Okay. And then um, I, I just wanted to have my last question. I just wanted to have a little bit more color on this increase in one-off costs because – I suppose you had the same knowledge as you have now after the Q2 results. So I'm, I'm a little bit um, just want to have the arguments why it increased by 100 million from the end of second quarter to the third quarter. Yes, to, to the third quarter, you mean? Yeah, but well, why, why, why? The short answer so? is that we did uh, four acquisitions uh, in the third quarter, but maybe you yes. can elaborate. I'm, I'm happy to do, and if I could use uh, customer service as an example, because I think that is making it more concrete. As we've seen that the percentage of EBITDA margin has been lower than um, it was the year before. And uh, looking at this, first of all, we have been talking about the one-off costs. And uh, there, were, there were one-off costs in the two first quarters, and we've seen in the third quarter. Those together are bringing down the EBITDA margin for the division. In addition, we see a development in the business mix also within Customer service. They are now having a larger share of uh, operation and maintenance contracts, O&M contracts, with a somewhat different uh, uh, EBITDA margin linked to that part of the business. 
And lastly, and I think it's a very important part, looking at the growth, we see an increase in order intake of 70% in that division. That takes some effort to achieve an increase in 70%. That is costs today, but we don't see it as a profit in the EBITDA part yet. It is to come. So right now, it is just costs in the EBITDA for this period. So, so that is the third element, which is pulling down the EBITDA margin now because we are achieving such a high growth in order intake. Uh, I was more referring to these increase in transaction and integration costs, yeah. why, why they have increased uh, compared to the end of second quarter. And that is uh, primarily the fact that we did uh, four acquisitions in one quarter, and including the, the large one, Ludovici. So that is the uh, simple answer to that. Okay, thank you. Any more questions here? If not, we'll hear if there are any on the phone. Regarding the O&M margin, yes, uh, it depends on what you compare with. Uh, if you compare with uh, uh, capital products or new capacity, O&M is uh, typically better than the capital business on margins. Uh, but if you compare to some of the uh, uh, best, most lucrative parts of, uh, of the total customer services uh, activities, such as sale of spare parts, it has a weaker margin. So within the customer service package, uh, O&M is at the lower end, but this is still at the upper end uh, compared to, to new products. I hope that will clarify too. And there's no change in the margins, and we consider them them uh, good, and uh, and the the booking in O&M is, is very satisfying. But it's a fact just, that... Just, yes. Just to make it 110% certain that I understand you correctly, so if O&M looking forward becomes a bigger proportion of customer service revenue, yes. everything else equal, the margin should be lower. Is everything uh, else equal, uh, it will uh, drag uh, the average margin in customer services down towards the upper range of the margins in the capital business. Yes. Which is? Uh, 
we don't disclose the number, but uh, those are the, the relations. Regarding the uh, provisions uh, in cement, uh, we have uh, announced that there have been a number of products that we, we uh, uh, closed out, but we do not disclose the, the specific number here. Uh, I can see if you disclosed it, I wouldn't ask. And we don't plan to... Any additional flavor mm. on, on this? Uh, just, uh, I can say that it's, uh, it's a historical issue because, um, uh, you don't have to ask in the next quarter because there'll be no more left, uh, when we, we go out this year. So that's a historical aspect. Uh, nice though, as long as it's lasted. Regarding the working capital, uh, Ben will go more into the details, but just, uh, uh the, the, um, the headline is that the working capital is increasing due to the transition that the group is going through from the uh, very um, cash-positive uh, big cement products towards more sale of products towards mineral products where the, there are uh, down payments, but they are smaller than they are in cement. And then, of course, the dramatically increasing customer services where there are typically no down payments. On the contrary, we tie up capital and inventory and super centers and so on, but it is justified by the higher margin. So that is the... Uh, transition that we are going through, and that is, of course, part of our strategy. Um, and the, you say, the negative consequence is then that the working capital is increasing. Um, and um, to tell you exactly where this is going to play out and where does it level, as Ben Gurren earlier said, it's difficult because it will depend on what is the mix uh, that we are leveling out with. That is a, a very important factor. When we do these uh, programs and we focus intensively uh, on the working capital, it's to ensure that it doesn't increase absolutely more than necessary. And that's where Ben Gurren has taken a, uh, a number of initiatives that I think he'll give it more flavor to. Yeah, I'm happy to do that. And uh, first of all, uh, there is um, an element of housekeeping in this because uh, there is a new uh, new period for FL Smith as we are now growing fast in areas where we are, they are carrying more networking capital. So it's more important to focus on it. And uh, that we do with a housekeeping element, which is improved reporting, uh, more focus on monitoring. We have defined very clear KPIs for the different elements of networking capital, and we have put up targets communicating to, communicated to each of the entities as a part of the budget process for 2013. We have clarified the responsibility for following up on this, and uh, we are also running a transparency program in the inventory management, which is an important part. In addition, we have some specific initiatives on the different elements of networking capital. Uh, we are looking at supplier financing solutions. We are focusing on driving the content of down payments in the various parts of our business. Traditionally, it has been high down payments in, in cement. Now we do a drive also in uh, the other part of our businesses to increase the element. And this is very much linked to the development as we can be delivering full flow sheets. And uh, we are happy that... Uh, we have that reported from our divisions that they see an opportunity going forward in a positive development in this. We also are hunting some larger outstandings, which are older, um, which we see that we do have and we can be better in this. And uh, as a last thing, I will mention as an example here, because there are even more, but uh, we are working on um, a cash flow management program for the project's execution. 
That means that uh, we will challenge our project managers and the salespeople in looking at the cash flow profile when they agreeing on the terms in uh, taking the projects. And uh, I think that as a uh, like a cultural change will uh, improve also a lot in our development in the networking capital. All in all, this will manage help us manage better and closer the networking capital, but it does not necessarily mean that the networking capital will shrink as a totality because we have this positive development in business mix, which is a planned development. To accelerate the uh, cultural uh, change, uh, we have also made uh, cash flow an important KPI in our MBO uh, bonus scheme for all managers. We believe that will accelerate the process. Okay, just to go back to, to cement with, with, with the final follow-up question, Jan. So it, we will, going forward, not see these big reversals of provisions. It, it sounds almost, for me, as if we should expect a quite significant drop in the cement margin going into 13 and 14 when we execute on less good orders. I know this is not the time to guide for next year, but is the assumption reasonable? It's a very reasonable assumption, uh, given the fact that uh, as from New Year, there will be no more uh, reversals from orders uh, pre-crisis. And as I said, we will then be executing uh, only on a backlog from the uh, two uh, lowest uh, uh, years in the cement market. So that's a, a reasonable assumption. And if I want to try to calculate the effect of these reversals, uh, is it the any help from me? <coughs> No, 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 no. I'm, I'm not asking you for a number. I'm just asking if I should look at the gross margin and then assume a more normal level, and then uh, the, the the difference between the two would that give me an indication? Sounds like a good start. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Special image from Handelsbanken is online with a question. Yes, that's why I'm with uh, a few questions. Uh, and the first one really relates to your previous comments on uh, one of costs uh, looking into Q4. Do I understand you correctly that you are saying that you will have, uh, you will not be incurring any one of costs in Q4? And and uh, how would you like to think? Uh, how would you like us to think about one of costs in in a 12 months uh, uh, forward uh, perspective? I mean, uh, you. Acquired quite a few companies, so there must be a lot of post-merger uh, tasks still around. Um, so, if you could just uh, try and uh, give us an indication how uh, how one of uh, type costs will be evolving during the, the next 12 months, and also clarification on on Q4. Uh, that's the first question. And then the second question is uh, relating to cement. I understand that you took out an order uh, out of your backlog in cement, uh, a Russian order. How is that impacting uh, your margins in the quarter, if they are uh, impacting uh, the mar uh, margins in the quarter? And the last question is on working capital. Uh, I mean, you've specified how much the acquisition has impacted um, uh, the working capital movement, but if you also could uh, try and help us how that has impacted trade receivables. If you look at trade receivables, they are increasing quite a lot sequentially. Uh, what is the exact impact there? That's all. Thank you. Thank you for giving the opportunity to clarify a point where I was just a little bit too fast uh, regarding the one-offs uh, because there will be no more one-offs in relation to acquisitions. But 
we have uh, uh, disclosed uh, uh, certain types of one-off costs, uh, for instance, in relation to the uh, ERP uh, implementation. And, and this is uh, something that is continuing. So there, there can be in coming quarters also certain types of one-offs, not at any dramatic level, but uh, I'm glad to be able to, to clarify that. Right. What I meant was just to, to underline that we don't have any plans for, for any acquisitions for the coming quarters, which has been the primary driver of the one-off costs. Regarding uh, cement, um, this is uh, simple. The uh, Russian order was taken three or four years ago, and um, the customer did a down payment, and we did a bit of engineering uh, within the down payment. And then uh, he's been struggling to to get the, the rest finance and the LCE for three years, and we put it on hold uh, during that period to, to see the development. And eventually, uh, we, we found that it's uh, dragging out too long, so we decided to take it out of the backlog. So uh, that is a, a, a fairly unproblematic situation, and consequences for our uh, P&L this year are zero. And the last question regarding the working capital. Yeah, maybe I can uh, take that. And, um, the question was uh, uh, the, the part of the networking capital increase uh, related to acquisitions. Uh, what portion of that would also relate to the trade receivables? And uh, we, I don't have the specific number here. Uh, but I can say in general that um, the acquired companies, they by nature are having a relatively net, a higher networking capital than our tradition because there are no like the cement part in that business. That means that the acquired companies, they have their share of inventories, they have their share of uh, account receivables, their share of work in progress, as well as uh, account payables. So I would say that relatively somewhat higher uh, than the traditional uh, F.L. Smith business and networking capital, but I don't have a specific number. I can't say more. Okay. Uh, I just have a follow-up question on, on uh, the receivables part then. I mean, if, if I look at your trade receivables, they're increasing $700 million, um, on a sequential basis. Is there some kind of seasonality here in this, or is this organic, or how, how should we really be thinking about this number? Uh, there are some um, seasonality in it. Uh, example is even Sembrit, um, which uh, is now discontinued business. They have a seasonality because of the, the, the summer versus winter part. So there is a somewhat lower. So, so there is an element of seasonality uh, into it. In addition, we have, um, I think it's fair to say that uh, we see that we can be better in uh, working and pushing on the, the collection of account receivables. So there is an element that you are observing that we can become better in this, I admit. Okay, thank you, that's all. Thank you. Bastian <clears throat> Ubert from UBS is online with a question. Gentlemen, one question from my side is regarding the potential you see for Ludovici, especially when it comes to margins. We still see that the Australian competitor, Bradkin, 
does a few hundred percentage, uh, a few hundred basis points higher margins on an operating level. Do you see the scope to bring up the margins well above 10% on an EBIT level also for Ludovici? Is there any plan to adopt your strategy of producing, meaning outsourcing some 80% plus of the business? When you were talking about sales synergies, can you maybe quantify those to get an idea on how much of the business you can generate on top with the new products on your um, offering? And then maybe you can also give us any kind of idea if you see some cost synergies. Thank you. Thank you. Um, regarding Glodovici, um the activities are now split uh, into our non-ferrous and our customer services division. And it means that uh, it will not be uh, – uh, the comparison will, will be difficult because the, the situation is uh, different. Uh, the, uh, the service parts, they are uh, manufacturing uh, in-house. Uh, wear parts uh, is, a, is a good business with uh, high margins above their uh, average. And this will now be included in, in customer services. In the product and product uh, business, um, we believe that uh, there will be uh, sales synergies uh, which will benefit both the former Ludovici and our existing uh, today uh, non-ferrous division. Uh, I mentioned a couple of examples where uh, the fact that we include uh, these uh, in-house uh, proprietary products in our complete products will mean that the average uh, margin for us as a group on such a product will be higher than if we uh, had to to buy part of the equipment externally. And we will also be strengthening the previous Ludovici activities in the sense that they get access to a much broader uh, customer base and much broader geographical markets than they've been used to where they were primarily uh, tied up in, in Australia. So we see a number of areas where we can strengthen the business and thereby also over time the uh, average margin. It's too early to, to give you any numbers on that. The primary, uh, primary synergies that we have uh, seen uh, before the transaction are sales, and these are considerable, uh, the sales synergies we believe to obtain gradually over one to two years. Um, there will also be cost synergies. Um, I mentioned that um, uh, Ludovici was uh, uh, also outside Australia and all of these uh, uh, locations will be merged into the existing Eversmith offices, so that is clearly uh, cost savings. And uh, also um, in the, I mentioned the supply chain where uh, we now obtain economy of scale uh, in the external sourcing and uh, this will also give uh, cost synergies uh, in our products. So we uh, are confident that we will obtain the, the synergies uh, that we have uh, built into our business case and uh, the indication uh, so far also that this is the case. But we have not uh, uh, been very specific uh, in disclosing uh, any numbers here because of the fact, as, as you know, that uh, there was a uh, considerable uh, competitive uh, interest in the company, and therefore we are a bit cautious, at least uh, in the short term, uh, disclosing the numbers for this. I hope this is uh, sufficient. One follow-up question, please, um, regarding operating and maintenance contracts, still just offered in the cement business. I can remember that um, it was said a while ago that you are considering to also offer such 
contracts within the um, minerals division once you have completed um, your product flow sheets. Um, is there any update on that, or do you see the potential to offer O&M also maybe in the coal or copper field by now? Definitely. Uh, and we have uh, uh, done all the exercise. Uh, uh, actually, we have had more than 10-year anniversary on a um, maintenance contract uh, for the copper mine in Los Palampas. And then from there, to take the next step to also do the actual operation is, is not very big. We've been practicing that also in a couple of smaller contracts where we've taken on departments in a couple of uh, copper mines. Uh, both in, in Africa and, uh, and uh, Latin America. And uh, it is definitely our intention to expand these activities and uh, we are preparing, plans for it, uh, pursuing customers uh, who are interested in, in uh, developing this together. Uh, but we haven't uh, closed any uh, major contracts uh, within the area yet, but we plan to. from Danske Bank Markets is online with a question. Uh, yes, thank you, Kenneth Lining here. A couple of questions. Um, first of all, um, could you just uh, clarify for me whether um, the changes you're making to the business names, is that solely in terms of the names or are you also considering moving around actual operations in connection with that change? Um, the next question would be um, if you could help me to understand the split in the non-recurring items between the divisions, uh, for instance, the acquisition-related costs, are they evenly split between non-ferrous and, um, and customer service? And then, um, well, the last question is actually related to non-ferrous and customer service. I mean, I, do you personally feel that you are um, slightly behind where you hoped in terms of the margin progression this year and now you're, you're looking or had you always expected it to be uh, very back-end loaded? If you, a couple of comments on, the, on, on your view on that so far. Thanks. The uh, name change is purely a name change, uh, reflecting primarily the fact that uh, we have um, merged uh, mineral processing technologies and products from Ludovici into non-ferrous, and these are offered to uh, bulk materials customers. So that's uh, the, the change, you could say, is that we have merged these Ludovici activities uh, into non-ferrous, but that is the way it was always planned with uh, Ludovici. So now we're just taking the consequence of it uh, by name. And the, there are no changes in material handling uh, whatsoever, except that uh, it, of course, uh, illustrates that um, uh, they are also open for business in uh, other minerals than uh, what we have uh, previously described as the bulk minerals. And there are no other changes in the non-ferrous division either. So this is uh, purely a name change. Uh, regarding the uh, non-recurrent, um, these are um, uh, primarily... Uh, in customer services because uh, customer services has done three out of four uh, acquisitions in the quarter. So, so that reflects uh, part of it. Um, and then um, yeah, I think that was uh, also the, the, the last question, but maybe Ben can elaborate. Can I add, add uh, some on the, the non-recurring part uh, of the costs? Because the first half we had 100 million 
and it was split on evenly on three different elements. Uh, one was the um, organization changes that we're doing as part of the strategy change. The other part was the IT implementation project that we are running. And the third part was regarding acquisitions. The two first here, organization changes and the IT, that is uh, more or less uh, split uh, between the divisions uh, according to the size of the businesses. And the acquisition part, as you said here, the major part, the largest part was customer service, but it was also quite a lot of acquisitions in non-fairs. Um, and in um, the Q3, we had 100 million again, which are new, 100 million. Uh, the larger part, two-thirds is acquisitions, acquisition-related costs, and it is um, the largest acquisition was uh, Ludovici, and that is quite evenly split between non-fairs and uh, customer service, as I, uh, I think. With a, yeah. There are, and regarding the last question, uh, there are no surprises uh, in the margins in, in neither customer services uh, nor non-ferrous. We guided beforehand that uh, we would see a, a slight reduction in, in non-ferrous for uh, the same reasons as in cement, only to a, a more moderate uh, extent. And in uh, customer services, it just happened to be uh, a year where they were uh, very successful in uh, executing uh, a large number of acquisitions, and that is the one of cost they are reflected in their margin. So, so uh, we we are not surprised as such. Okay, may I just follow up on that? I mean, I just want to, I mean, within your definition of slightly decreasing, that means that. Uh, you know, two percentage points falls within that uh, definition in terms of your margin decrease year over year. It's uh, uh, difficult to to um, start uh, quantifying that. That's why we we did it in a, a verbal fashion. Uh, and so I'd rather not at this stage uh, be giving exact uh, limits as to to the wording. Um, okay, fair enough. Thanks, Mark. Johannes Grunfeld from ABG is online with a question. Yes, this is Johannes Grunfeld from ABG. Hello to you. Um, most of my questions have been answered, but uh, uh, can you uh, shed some more light on, on what's going on in the bulk materials division? I mean, you are seeing it here uh, very clearly that there was more execution problems. If you can give some, some light on that and when you, when you expect uh, projects to, to deliver according to, to, to your, your plans. Yes. Uh, that is, uh, of course, the, the major problem that we are facing and, and uh, using uh, a lot of efforts uh, to solve. And um, I mentioned the, the, the basic reasons which are unchanged. And what we are experiencing is that a handful or, or two of, of large products um, that um, have some inherent uh, problems in their uh, product management, in their execution, and and to some extent in their contracts. During execution, uh, we we uh, solve these problems, but um, uh, there's always the risk that um, uh, there will be unforeseen events, uh, and that's what we experienced in the, the third quarter, and that's why we had to make uh, a couple of more uh, reservations. So it's not that any one or two uh, specific products are, are change in any dramatic way. It's, uh, it's the same um, uh, group of, of products that uh, have been causing these uh, problems uh, throughout. And, um, and of course, we, uh, 
we uh, try to strengthen the organization, we transfer uh, best practices, uh, but it can't uh, in a product execution ever uh, completely uh, exclude uh, any surprises until the uh, products are handed over. And uh, there are, uh, some of them uh, will continue for, for quite a number of quarters yet. So, so we should, uh, I guess, expect margins to improve, but not to any greater extent for the just two, three more quarters or so. That's uh, also what we have been indicating earlier. Yes, it's a uh, okay. yes, process that is progressing, but uh, it is uh, it's a lengthy process. Yeah, and uh, perhaps you can shed some light on, on, on Sembrit. Uh, it's a non-core asset now. You said you have tenders on it. Uh, could you sort of indicate a, a price on it and, and how it's booked in, how it's valued in your books? Uh, no, we have uh, decided uh, since we are uh, in the middle of of a sales process, we have uh, decided uh, not to disclose uh, any information publicly, um, but um, if you're interested, you can have the the sales prospect. Okay, that was all of my questions for now. Thanks. Daniel Patterson from SCP is online with a question. Yes, uh, Daniel Patterson, I have a few questions. Uh, my first question also relates to the bulk materials division. Uh, you said that uh, you know order taking the quarter was quite uh, quite good, and uh, the orders you're taking out sort of more uh, at acceptable margin. So. My question is really for you, what is an acceptable margin in the new materials handling division, sort of looking ahead? My uh, second question uh, relates to a comment on page six, where you state that the contribution margin on new orders that you've taken this year have improved the average margin in the backlog. So just here, I want a bit of flavor. Is it because that margins sort of are going up, pricing has improved, or is it the fact that the projects you had in the backlog have uh, uh, with low margin have gone away and actual market conditions have not changed. And then my uh, third and final question relates to cash flow. There's been a lot of talk uh, about the uh, working capital. Uh, I guess just basically in the short term, uh, when you look into the fourth quarter, I mean, do you expect that uh, you'll be able to even deliver a positive free cash flow in, in the fourth quarter, uh, given your sort of changes of the working capital uh, model? Thank you. Regarding the bulk margins, um, uh, we uh, I think we have stated uh, that um, longer term, uh, the uh, material handling uh, products will never reach the same level uh, as that of material processing for structural reasons. Uh, the fact that there's uh, more content of steel in material handling uh, compared to technology than we see in in uh, material processing uh, products. So therefore, we cannot reach the same level. But what we believe we can and is our ambition to do is what we call high single-digit numbers. That is uh, what we see as the realistic ambition in bulk and where we will eventually end. Uh, The problem for me is that I can't today give you the exact number of quarters uh, before we are there, but that's where we are going to end. And as you have already seen in the accounts, apparently uh, we are beginning to move towards that because we have actually uh, slightly increased uh, the average margin uh, in our order intake. And uh, this is 
uh, in spite of uh, uh, the market conditions, because uh, when you ask to the market development uh, in material handling, uh, which is uh, to a high degree tied to iron ore and coal, uh, we would have to say that any changes in this market has been uh, in a negative direction because those uh, markets are weakening. Uh, but in spite of that, uh, we have uh, relatively increased uh, the uh, order intake by one percentage points in both of these uh, two commodities, and we have increased our average uh, margin in the order intake. And that is, of course, reflecting the fact that partly that we uh, have become uh, more prudent in our um, in our sales so that we... I'm very cautious uh, in in evaluating and taking in new orders, and I can say that we have had uh, considerable uh, potential for taking more uh, orders, but we have declined uh, unless uh, we we find that all conditions and markets are satisfying. So that is the process that we are going through, and we are confident that uh, there's plenty of market out there, even in spite of a temporary uh, softening uh, just uh, mid-term and definitely longer term, this will continue to be uh, an interesting uh, business possibility. Cash flow. Yes. I, uh, I think you should be careful saying too much specific regarding Q4 because it could be considered to be like a guiding on Q4. But in general, we can say that we are working for a positive cash flow. We do. And I, I don't want to say very much more. We see there is some cyclicality or a seasonality when it comes to networking capital, which um, makes it uh, likely that we're running with a positive cash flow in Q4, but I can't say more. Okay, thank you. Klaus Kiel from New Credit Markets is online with a question. Yes, hello, uh, Klaus Kiel from New Credit Markets. Um, just a follow-up question on uh, on bulk materials or material handling. Um, you write in, in the report that you have made some provisions uh, in the quarter, and uh, could you try to elaborate on, on how large these uh, provisions are, just in order to get a feeling for the underlying earnings in, in, uh, in this division? Thank you very much. Uh, unfortunately, I can't uh, help you out there. Um, we uh, We can uh, only stick to what I have explained earlier that uh, we're going through an improvement process. Um, it's lengthy and uh, there will be uh, fluctuating results uh, for a couple of quarters and that's what we are seeing uh, and, and we can't uh, 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 give you the exact number of the reservations uh, we've made. But um, I've given the, the broader picture. Uh, there's progress, um, but it will take some quarters and eventually we will end up with a satisfying business uh, with a high single-digit margin. What maybe could be an interesting um, just information to bring with when it comes to these provisions? Because it's correct, we have been identifying and we made provisions what we see that is uh, needed. But we are not allowed, according to the country rules, to do provisions to make sure that those projects, which are called a challenging project now, will bring like a positive result. We cannot provide now for making a positive results in the next year. We can only provide what is, the, they say, the loss elements in them. That means that those projects which have the nature of one to two to three years more for be, to be finalized, those will carry with them an element of not bringing a real profit into the business until they are executed. 
yes, um, I, I understand that. Um, but if you can't uh, uh, disclose the exact number of reservations, would it then be fair to assume that we're talking about a significant amount, uh, given that at the start of the year you, you, you talked about a margin of, of, I think it was above 5%, now we are down to zero. And with the revenue that you have, we're talking about swing factor of, uh, yeah, more than 250 million Danish kroner. What I can confirm is that uh, uh, year-to-date, if we see the three quarters uh, uh, combined, yes, uh, uh, bulk has been costly this year, and we have made uh, considerable reservations uh, over the three quarters combined. That's a fact. Okay. I think it's a good starting Thank course. you very much. As a reminder, if you have a question, please press star, then one. Special Emit from Handelsbanken is online with a question. Um, yes, that's why I'm with a couple of follow-ups, uh, mainly, mainly related to the bulk materials. Um, firstly, could you just remind us how you hedge your steel exposure in, in the bulk materials division and how uh, and to what extent uh, the falling steel prices has helped your margins in the quarter? And the second question, just a clarification here. I mean, your... your um, Guidance or, or your wording on, on margin development going forward in the bulk materials division seems a bit softer here. As far as I remember, um, you've been indicating that we should start to see an improving trend from, from Q1, and I believe that your divisional head was also say, out saying the same thing a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I mean, how should we, how should we uh, be understanding your latest signals now? Yes. That's all. Uh, it stands. You will see a beginning uh, improvement uh, as from uh, start of the new year. Only uh, we haven't talked about uh, speed or or, uh, or size of this, but yes, there will be uh, uh, beginning uh, improvement. Um, now regarding the uh, the steel, um, uh, we have not had any benefits of falling steel prices. Uh, but uh, the good news is that this is because uh, we don't have a risk when the steel prices increase either. Because uh, we are practically uh, fully hedged in the sense that uh, whenever we close a, a contract with a customer, we have already to uh, as large extent as possible back-to-back agreement with uh, sub-suppliers on steel structures, which is uh, not our uh, core business. And if we haven't got it uh, when closing the contract, we do it as soon as possible afterwards. So usually there's a very small window open uh, where we are uh, exposed to to any uh, developments in steel prices. So that is that is not uh, part of the problem. Okay. And then just one final question here. I mean, um, and that really relates to what you were talking about um, in terms of contribution margins in, in, in your backlog, um, you're saying that they have improved compared during, during the year. But at the same time, I mean, you are saying that, that we should be careful about uh, margins in both non-ferrous and cement going forward because this is due to the orders taken at the, at, at the peak of the market. How, how do those two things really fit together? Yeah, I think we were uh, addressing the bulk uh, uh, earlier. Um, and and the, uh, the 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 four divisions, of course, uh, develop uh, uh, slightly different because they are in in uh, different phases of the of the cycles. 
Uh, and I tried to, to give a flavor to that earlier, saying that that um, you have to be prepared that uh, cement will be delivering different Martins in the coming year than they've done uh, this year, uh, whereas uh, uh, you will see other developments uh, in the other divisions. I'll just try and repeat my question here. On page six, you are saying that... Uh, <clears throat> that uh, the contribution margin, the average contribution margin in the backlog has improved on the group level, basically. But the two big divisions, uh, cement and non-ferrous, uh, you're actually saying that we should be a bit careful about contribution margins going forward. Uh, how do those two things fit together? There's a ton of difference here. We have uh, only warned about the... Uh, um you would say a uh, uh, decrease in, in Martin's uh, in cement. And uh, you have to, to remember also when we look at the backlog that uh, there's a time issue, uh, which is uh, very important. Uh, if we look at an average um, uh, Martin in the total backlog, some of it will be executed in an O&M contract seven years from now, and other parts will be executed in the first quarter uh, of the new year. And, and uh, they may have very different uh, margins, and it is all just uh, uh, melted into the, the same backlog. Okay, thank you. We have no further questions at this time. Thank you. More questions here? No. Then, thank you very much.